In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curio. Hello, and welcome back to Still Interested, our TV and film reboot remake podcast for Curio. I'm, as always, Ben McAllister, your forgot-how-to-podcast boy. And I am Jackson Newsett, who's in the same boat. Okay, fantastic. For a little context, we didn't record it all in November, because I wasn't here. It's yeah. December, so over a month since we've sat down in front of mics, because I've been overseas, and you've been listening to banked backlog content. We on that time fallen, but don't worry, we're back in the fresh hot seat, we're up on current events, North Korea, am I right? What's going on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Donald with, Trump. With all those goofy radio buttons we had. Yeah. Beep! Yowza! Like that, yeah, that's all gone. Yeah, I, I left my soundboard in Paris. Good thing Jackson can do them all with his mouth. Yeah. Acapella. Oh, no, on, you ruined it. He's on that Michael Winslow style. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> from Police Academy? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Michael Winslow from Police Academy? From yeah. Police Academy? Of Man. course. I watched a video there recently of him like doing like the... Doing like a Led Zeppelin cover sort of thing, <laughs> and he did it. He literally played a Led Zeppelin song with his mouth, like doing the guitar solo and shit. Uh, like it was fucking insane. It's time to talk about a movie because mm. this is the first in our series. We've just watched a film. We've watched a. I'm gonna say like pretty good film. It was certainly like, enjoyable, and it feels like a real cultural touchstone. Yeah, historically relevant, like arts and all that nonsense. We're, of course, talking about the 1968 Planet of the Apes, or should I say Charlton Heston's 1968 Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes, starring Charlton Heston. Directed by Franklin J. Schaffner. And Charlton Heston. Schaffner? Was he? No. I don't think he His name's just all over this movie. Yeah, I mean, he, his name and him. Like, it's hard to sort of watch this film. Like, if you take out Charlton Heston from this film, you've got about 14 minutes of content. Yeah, that's true. And, like, shirtless, sweaty Charlton Heston and wet Charlton Heston. Yeah. If you remove all the, like, raw sexuality of Charlton Heston, yes, there's not much left to build a franchise around. Let's uh, tuck right in. So the first thing that I've noted about this movie is that it does not fuck around. Literally, we get, like, 20th Century Fox, and then it's, like, Cold lights open, up. Baby. Yeah. We're, in. We're straight in. Fucking, uh, is it named George Gregory Taylor? Someone Taylor. Captain Taylor of uh, ASNA. ASNA, the Space Association, is sitting at the helm of his spaceship, smoking a cigar, just monologuing. Just monologuing. Just monologuing about how they've been in space for six months, but in the time they've been away, because they're travelling near the speed of light, thanks to relativity, Earth will have aged 700 years. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like six months of exposition is what we get. Like, yeah. Just this guy sitting down and being like, 
well, let me tell you what's happened. And yeah. just, like, runs through it all for, like, probably, like, three or four minutes of screen time. Literally, right? he's like, the only person on screen at this point, and it's just, like, a shot of, like, from behind, and we get, like, out the window of the spaceship, and there's all these goofy lights, yeah. like, flying past. I guess they're flying past all these space lights and shit. I don't know. It's but weird. It, it's, it's a lot of activity going on yeah, in the depths of space. Exactly. They're, like, they're like six months in deep space, but we're surrounded by stars. Anyway, fucking... Heston, apparently, or, or Taylor, as we later learned that his name is, has zero regrets. He's like, I've left the 20th century behind with no regrets. I'm basically the greatest man ever. I achieved everything I wanted to achieve. I hope the race we meet on our return is better than the one yeah. we left behind. He's really, like, I gotta be honest, like, Charlton Heston in this opening scene really fucking crushes it. Like, it is, like, you talk about, like, the fucking, like, golden age of Hollywood and shit, and, like, the presence of those, like, characters, like, like, fucking, like, your... Uh, Clark Brandos. Gables and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and Brando yeah. and shit. Like, Charlton Heston is just... Yeah. He's hard to ignore. He's, he's a mountain of a man. He's, yeah. he's dripping with charisma. But, that being said, with a few notable exceptions in this movie, he's just, like, unflappable. Like, yeah. there's a few scenes where he, like, shows a bit of emotion, but most of the time he's just like, I'm so cool, I just look at the camera and deliver my monologue. That's 100% true. And it's just like, I kind of question how hard that is to do. But, you know, I'm not here to shit on the memory of Charlton Heston. Yeah. He, he's still alive? No, he's dead. Is Charlton Heston dead? Yeah, dude. When did he die? Um, let me what? tell you. Really? Yeah, he died nearly a decade ago, man. Oh my god. Yeah, that's <laughs> sad news. I thought he was still going. Yeah, so he made it to the 40th. I've got to change all my notes. <laughs> <laughs> all your notes are like, call Charlton Heston. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. this man can never die. <laughs> <laughs> He's found the font of immortality. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well. well, I mean, he does find the font of immortality, Jackson, because the next thing that happens is he gets into a cryopod and he goes to sleep. I mean, you're skipping out on the fact that he is uh, just about to finish his cigar, stops, and then just puts it into his suit. <laughs> yeah. He has this still, Tucks like, half-done cigar. Yeah. And like, nope. This is for later. Yeah, this is, this is for like a month's time. This we're one's for me. Yeah. <laughs> and Charles. puts it inside his spacesuit. Yeah. I assume it's a pocket, but maybe it's his bare skin. It's yeah. hard to know, Charles. Well, he needs that tobacco near him or he, you know, he he, he won't feel right. Yeah. He's got to have it he like to exist. in contact with his skin yeah. at all yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Like yep. he goes to sleep. End he puts film. this little smirk on his face and he's like, mm, crosses his arms. And, and then we, we get this like super intrusive score by Jerry Goldsmith. Like, Man. take a bow. This is spooky as hell. Yeah, it's, it, as you say, though, it is super invasive, and it's, like, kind of goofy and kind of dated, yeah. but also awesome. Yeah. Like, it, it, and it's it's a fucking, like, really major component of this movie. Oh, 100%. Like, the movie would just not be the same without this, like, awesome old-ass score. But the most important thing, I think, in this title sequence that we get is the very first thing we see is a black screen that just says, Charlton Heston in yeah. giant into bold font. Yeah, That's yeah. the most important thing you need to know is that Hester is up in the mix. So we bust in from this uh, extended credits and into this really strange landing scene, essentially. We got a whole bunch of shots just kind of like rolling through different landscapes and that yeah, sort of man. thing. Cameras flipping upside down. Sounds of like engines failing and shit. Heading to the water and then all of a sudden just like a long shot of just water bubbling. We've got and this like 60s fucking shaky cam yeah, going yeah, on yeah, yeah. where they're just like yeah, flipping it over in the air and We shit. can't show a spaceship crashing. No. So. <laughs> we'll Here's this POV yeah. shot, baby. Yeah. You are the spaceship. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty cool, It's very right? effective. At this point, i got to say, though, like, the music is really reaching its crescendo as the ship's coming into the water, hitting my first point of remakeability. 
an incredible score that highlights the drama of the 100%. film. 100%. Got to be up in the remake. If it's not, then they've thoroughly lost the plot. <laughs> and we see our uh, our four astronauts in their cryopods. Or our three astronauts. Our three astronauts. So we see um, our three gentlemen waking up, all with the most lush beards you can imagine. Now, Some of them more convincing than others. This is... uh, a shout out to my boy Landon. <laughs> Not particularly convincing with that fake beard. This is the first problem I have uh, with some of the strange inconsistencies in this movie. They go into like a cryosleep pod, but they still grow beards. Kind of yes. thought the whole point of those was that they like froze their bodily functions so they could like live in deep yes. space for a long time without aging. But no, they, they still grow facial hair, I guess. Uh, and, and we come to understand that, gee, they must have been in there for a while because Stuart is fucking dead and yes. zombified. So something has happened to Stuart's uh, cryopod, essentially. It's been, like, busted open for some reason, which has stopped the aging process, which, again, like, makes the whole beard thing make no sense Absolutely whatsoever. No That's sense. an absolute flaw. It's just a complete um, farce. But Stuart is dried out like a mummy, mm. essentially. Uh, but there's no time to worry about that yeah. because the ship is sinking it's <laughs> ah! bubbling up into the ship and we get this like kind of goofy ass scene like th- this scene was like it was just too long oh and like God. it kind of like cut between like bits that looked really cheesy and goofy like in the command pod with bits that like looked pretty cool well, and then also there's shots of them outside this body of water and they were silent yeah. so it'd be like inside the ship and there's all this noise and music yeah. and shit and then it would zoom out for like 30 seconds and it's like it's a body of water and silence. Which, like, no atmospheric or nothing. Like, just silence. Which is something that we'll come back to in this movie. Not so much the silence, but just the, like, prolonged periods whereby there's just big shots of landscapes and very little going on. Anyway, our three intrepid uh, astronauts uh, manage on busting out of this spaceship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Landon, Dodge, and Taylor. Yes, leaving the uh, the dried-out mummified corpse of Stuart behind. Uh, our one lady... But I guess, you know, <laughs> it's more important to see the three dudes roll around in this new place. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, yeah, that is interesting. I wonder if, like, in, in the remakes, they'll, like, let, like, one of the female astronauts survive or something. Or, like, do something. Yeah. You know? Well, there's only one female astronaut, and she's, yeah, not in the movie. No. So that's fine. <laughs> um, uh. But these guys are rolling out of the ship, and just before we get out, um, Heston, uh, our boy Taylor, manages to sneak a peek at the clocks. It mm. is... Um, Nearly the year 4,000. Yes. 3978 is the, uh, are the digits the, on... The year on Earth, that is. Yes. Uh, so they're nearly nearly 2,000 years And they were only meant to be gone left. for 700. Yeah. So something's gone awfully wrong. Awfully wrong. So these three very generic dudes escape, and they're like in this little life raft, and they're pulling up on the shore. Yeah, one of them lands and looks back at the ship as it's like sinking into the, the, into the, the ocean, or into this, this body of water, big and literally says, She's sinking! Yeah. Going... Going, gone. And this is the first time that we see, like, Taylor's just extreme unflappability. Because he just, like, looks at it and he's just like, well, we're here to stay. Yeah. Let's start earning all that back pay, boys. Yeah, like, like, no mourning for the life that could have been no. on Earth. No, like, concern about the fact that their one way of escaping this alien planet that they don't know us, like, anything they fucking, about. They fucking get out of here and they're like, oh, man, Stuart. And he's like, what's the point of mourning? She's already been dead a year our time. And it's like, well, no, but you, 
You yeah. fucking, like, in your own personal experience, I, I in your consciousness, oh, like, Jesus. it just happened. And yeah. he's like, well, it's been about a year. It's like, but yeah. it hasn't, not for you. No, I mean, like, in, in this movie, like, Taylor is just like a, like an 18-year-old who's done, like, a first-year philosophy class. Like, he's 100%. just got this, he's like... Done that fir- he's, he's done that first semester polls, you know, and yeah. it's just kind of like, human rights? Oh, you idiot. Yeah, like, it's just like, oh. If only you knew how oppressive they are. You believe like, life has a purpose? Oh, oh you poor you, child. Oh, God. If only you smoked cigars like me. <laughs> hey, I mean, if only we all could. One thing that is particularly worth noting here is like as they're like talking a whole bunch of bullshit, running through all their like supplies they have, mm-hmm. they have like three days of groceries, mm-hmm. as Charlton calls them, uh, as Taylor calls them, I should say. Um, and then at one point, one of them, is it Landon, I think, puts down an American flag? Yeah. And then yeah. Charlton loses his mind laughing yeah, dude. in the most terrifying scene of the film where the camera just like shoots up to his face and yeah. he's like, oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh, oh. And, and like fades to black. Fades yeah. to black. Yeah. Like this horrifying scene. I mean, that's a meme, right? Like yeah. that, that yeah, like yeah, Charlton yeah. Heston like laughing hysterically. That scene has been memed. So if you've seen that and like you didn't know where it was from, it's totally from this movie. The other thing I gotta ask, so they're going through their supplies, they're like, hmm, where are we? Oh, I think we're on an alien planet orbiting the Orion constellation. Like, I don't know why they would think that that's where they are, but that is where they think they are. And they're going through their shit, and they're like, as you say, oh, three days of supplies, blah, 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 and a gun. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. So you've got an emergency kit. You're NASA, or ANSA, as they are in this movie. And you're like, what are they going to need in case of an emergency? Well... Three days of rations seems like enough, and let's fill up half the space with a fucking gun. Like, what do you think they're gonna need a gun for? And, like, the amount of space they're given it is ridiculous as well. It's like three tiny little suitcases that are full of foam, and then they're like, yeah, three days of rations and a gun! Why do they have a gun? What do they need a gun for? I know, I know, it's fucking nuts. Oh, Jesus. So, yep, they've been traveling longer than they were supposed to. They realize that they're not gonna be able to grow anything in the soil because all the nitrogen is locked up in the nitrates. So they're gonna have to go scavenging. Uh, and so off they go. They walk in a random direction as allocated by Taylor. Yeah, Taylor's just kind of like, this direction, why? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. he's just kind of like, any excuse he can to, like, befuddle these people. And they're, yeah. they're fucking marauded on this, like, yeah, dude, desert planet. The other two are like, what the fuck is going on? This guy's like, I know I was your captain, but go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. He just, like, he's such a fuck to these guys. Yeah, he's <laughs> such a fuck. That's true. But I gotta, I gotta be honest, he's very charismatic. Oh, he's incredibly charismatic, and he has such a wonderful voice Mm, but we're mm. on to my next point of remakeability early which is just like beautiful panoramic shots that are incredibly striking Mm. i think there are like too many of them in this now thank you for bringing that up i didn't want to just like refute what you were saying i very much agree but i do think mr schaffner might have a bit of a boner for landscapes i mean because he fucking spends so much time being like forget about the action in the film what about this desert landscape and, and like to be fair like they do like these shots look awesome like they're so oh, yeah. they're so beige and stark but in such an interesting way sure like they're all like wearing these like cool space suits like just like stumbling through this really harsh terrain like it looks really cool there's just way too much of it way too much so like uh, at this point where like you know 12 minutes into the movie and I've noted down wow these panoramas are cool that's a point of remakeability as the movie goes on I might say a little less <laughs> yeah, of them would be a point of <laughs> That particular but, but at least for right now, it's very cool. There's a weirdly dramatic scene where, like, the only thing that's happening is they're running down a hill. 
Yeah, like, so it, like, it really zooms in as these guys are like kind of surfing down this hill. Flinch, and we spend yeah. like 60 seconds here, then being like, whoa, Yeah, whoa, and there's all this dramatic ass music happening, but they're literally just like running down a hill. And then like right after, they're like, like wandering around, and these big fucking boulders start rolling down after them. And so they start like hiding from these rocks. Like they run away from these boulders, and then they just like get down and hide. And it's like, It's really strange. Why are you hiding? But like, it's here, they yeah. check on their water rations. So, so it like it's got like eight ounces of water and like Charlton like refuses a drink because I guess they're like saving up some water because he's and, a manly boy, yeah. Jackson. But then this motherfucker busts out a cigar and yeah. and listen, listen. I understand someone's desire for a bit of tobacco. Like you're fucking marauded on this desert planet. It's all very stressful. I get it. But in a situation where you're refusing water because you're trying to like stave, like keep as much water as you can with that, so you don't die of dehydration, what makes you in this hot desert sun be like, I could you know what I need? Crush a cigar, Stogie, yeah. right now fucking, for me. Like, light it up. A little hot stick blowing smoke into my mouth, and then these motherfuckers just start going off at each other, man, they, about this philosophical yeah, bullshit. They really have like a big, like philosophical tangent, like. Fucking Taylor speaks only in poetic monologues, oh my God. and he only does it when he's holding a cigar. Okay, like, he says so many awesome things in this little scene. Now I have a couple of like title pictures. Yeah, here. me num- too. N- number one, your loved ones are dead and forgotten for twenty decades. Yep. Like, like a re- really encouraging thing to throw to your teammates. Yep. What about we're three hundred light years from your precious planet? <laughs> like, why is he shitting on? And them? why he why why is he positioned himself as the antagonist why is to he humanity? To bring like, them? why is he being like, no, that's not for me. Like, I'm over here. Why is he trying to bring them down? Another thing he says. So, like, they, they start talking about their various motivations as they're walking along, and like, Landon's basically like, I'm an all-American hero. I'm an America boy, and I love Uncle Sam, and I'm prepared to die for my country. Yeah. And then Charlton turns to him and is like, like, "You were the golden boy at the class of '72." Yeah, I mean, there's that. <laughs> he also says, "Chalk up another victory for the human spirit," which is another title pitch and for an me. incredible burn. Yeah, um, yeah, it is in this conversation there where we get my, my last title pitch uh, for this little section, which is Landon talking about his own like objectives and personal beliefs, sort of thing, and sort of says about I. I, I think potentially talking about Dodge maybe or maybe it's about himself Mm -hmm. I'm not sure who the subject is but says he'd walk directly into a live volcano if he could learn something else that no one else knew yeah that's Dodge that's what? <laughs> he's the science boy. <laughs> he burns up alive to know his thing for a single second. Like, like just I, I can, these American boys. I can relate to that impulse. You know, I mean, a, a true scientific spirit on on Doctor Dodge there. But surely, as a, a science communicator, it's about like spreading that knowledge, not having it for an in- instant second and then being extinguished. No, it's about spreading lava all over your own human body <laughs> as quickly as you can. That's the truest joy. Yeah, that's the highest pinnacle of yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. Dying, I did it! <laughs> dying in a lava yeah. flow. That's, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. Because you actually, because you were in Europe recently and you went and visited Pompeii. Yes, that's Was true. that like a, God, I wish that were me. Exactly, moment. I wish that like You just kind of like walked around all those fossilized, petrified yeah. people being like, oh, fuck, what a way to go. <laughs> I, I was listening to like Pliny the Younger's accounts of like the ash cloud lying <laughs> on Pompeii and oh boy, it got me going, I'll give you that much. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. you like sit in here? Sitting near that statue with that guy tugging one out, yeah, being no. like, "You, you and me both, pal. You yeah, and me both." No, fucking hero <laughs> among men. <laughs> um, uh, for me here, 
I'm going to give my first MVP nomination to Landon for being the golden boy of the class of 72 yeah. and yeah. planting his American flag. He's a real American hero. He's G.I. Joe. Yeah, he's the one he can. Like, he, he literally is. He's the all-American boy. He's an upstanding citizen. All he wants to do is serve his country. And, and for that, he deserves, you know, just a little a little nod from me. 100%. So after this uh, long conversation of character assassinations, uh, our boys just kind of like keep wandering along uh-huh. until they find... A little plant. They find a plant, and their first impulse is to dig it out of the fucking ground. They're like, okay, we're trying to survive. Oh, some green life. Let's just fucking rip it out of the earth. And then they bring in this incredibly flawed-ass logic, where there's one, there's another. And And another. another, And and another. another. I mean, does that follow? We're 27 minutes into the movie, and finally we're starting to like get a sense of some other threat that's not, like a boulder falling apart and then running from it through Mm. a desert. So they arrive and they see some scarecrows. Yes. And I've got things to say about this. Okay. Do you mind? Hey, dip in. Okay. This is the first time any human being has encountered evidence of extraplanetary, extraterrestrial life forms. Uh These are clearly, like, built structures on what they believe to be an alien planet. Mm -hmm. This is the single greatest scientific discovery in the history of mankind, maybe the single biggest moment in human history, and they just regard it with calm dispassion. They're like, ha! Some scarecrows. It is completely insane because one of them is a fucking scientist who they just made a point about how he would walk into lava to discover new facts. And he's just like, hmm, alien life? But but even for the fucking audience at home, this film came out in 1968. People hadn't even been on the moon yet. And so, like, in, in a world in which, like, that wasn't a thing humanity had done yet, to go to a distant planet and see some example of life and the audience meant to be like, oh, this is an early little thing, don't worry. Like, they wouldn't react like that. Like, yeah. it must be inconceivable. So we get these um, these uh, brave explorers and scientists just completely disregarding a sign of intelligent life yep. outside of their own experience. Nope. And then walking up, and we see a loud tree. That's yeah. the only way to describe so it, is a loud fucking, tree. Fucking Schaffner grabs the camera and just zooms hard on yeah. this tree as the fucking score is like... <laughs> I mean, and like, it would make more sense if they were like, oh my god, a tree, more life. Yeah. But there's no comment. It's It's just a loud tree. It's this, like, continuation of this thing that we kind of got a little glimpse of before when, like, the ship was crashing. These, like, weird shaky cam effects. These, like, 60s, like, camera effects to show, like, I guess they're dehydrated. I guess unsettling the audience in a sense. Yeah, they're, like, losing their minds a little bit, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, the camera just zooms in hard and it's really, really weird. And then the very next thing we see is a fucking big pool of water. Yeah, they got waterfall. Our boys are stripping off, they're getting naked, and they're diving right in. There's a lot of butt for 68, I've got to say man. that. It, it's Yeah, I've got to say it's a lot of butt shots. There's, and not just butt shots, there's a lot of man-meat to admire in this movie. Yeah, like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of child mess on display. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no there's no penises, but there's a lot of, but there's, like... There's, there's enough uh, context to make mm, up what you need to know. There's, there's, like, a lot of, like, wet, glistening, muscular Charlton Heston. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you've got to imagine that people appreciate. Yeah. So, okay... They're swimming around, having a great old time, just the boys together. And something really fucking strange happens. Um, Taylor finds some footprints on the side of the pool. 
and he calls the other two boys over to have a look at them, and they're all just, like, looking at these footprints, like, what the fuck? When, like, fucking 30 seconds ago, they found the scarecrows, and we're like, yeah. So, like, why are they so surprised by the footprints, is the thing, when they've already just disregarded the obviously fucking constructed-ass scarecrows. It makes no sense at all. Really handsome, muscly, naked dudes. I mean, you know, why wouldn't that be Yeah, I mean... You know, Someone's enjoying that. We saw how Magic Mike did. Like they made a fucking chunk of money in that. Maybe dude, Magic Mike's a pretty successful. You know, you know that fucking Channing Tatum like self-produced Magic Mike. Yeah, I totally do. Like know that. him and like some other dude. Meaning that like it only made like six, like six. Oh, did it make like eighty or a hundred million dollars or something like that? Yeah. But like he got fucking most of that because he fucking self-produced it. Like, Man, I how good? I have said this before. Do you think Channing Tatum is tired of being described as surprisingly good? <laughs> Like, every time he makes a movie, people review it and they're like, you know who was, like, surprisingly good in that movie? It was Channing Tatum. And I bet he's just like, yeah, I am fucking good. I I reckon he has more of a childlike enthusiasm and joy. Have you... Do you remember those fucking Sony leaks of emails? Yeah. Like, like, a bunch of those emails was just, like, Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill, and their Sony people because, like, they did uh, 22 Jump Street sort of thing. And there is an email which which has fucking, like, after having found out that their film, I think, beat Ted, the fucking um, Seth, Seth MacFarlane, MacFarlane film, which just has Channing Tatum being like, we beat Ted! Fuck you, <laughs> Seth MacFarlane! And, like, fucking, like, five lines of exclamation marks. I think the dude is just ignorant to it. I, uh, I, ge- I, I don't ge- think so, I genuinely man. think he's like, I don't give a fuck. I got the best life in the world. Yeah, I'm like, sure he's a very exuberant and happy boy, but like, it's got to get to you at a certain point where like, just because he's so beautiful, people instantly dismiss him. Like, they're like, yeah. oh, and just because he made like Magic Mike, people are like, oh, there's no way he's actually good. He's just in this movie because yeah. he's really good looking and you know, the, the, the joke is being played on him. Whereas like, he's actually really funny and talented. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, I feel like it would just get you after a while. It'd just be like, fucking hell, man. Like, because he's really funny in those Jump Street movies. Anyway. Oh, I, I agree. They're noticing their clothes are being stolen. This whole scene looked like it should have been in Porky's. I don't want to dwell on it. Yeah. They're like running... Real, real quick, though. Who was taking the clothes? I guess it was the other humans. Right. So, so they're like, looting them. Sort of yeah. Thing. Like, I, I don't know. It's actually not made clear, but it like we later find out that they run into a big gang of humans. Spoiler, spoiler, for 30 seconds from now. But basically, they're like, someone's stealing our clothes! And they run off after them, and they're all running naked through the bushes. Man, this movie is playing chicken with seeing Charlton's dick. Yeah, dude. Like, literally, like, the camera is just following him, jumping between <laughs> different trees and bushes. There's a lot of, yeah. And you're like, oh, but... No. Oh, but no. Ah, a lot ooh, of convenient ah. waste yeah. of yeah, 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 bushes, yeah, yeah. man. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really good. So they end up out in a clearing, and the camera is conveniently located so we don't see any of their dicks. They find their clothes. They're like, they're all in tatters, and they're like, they didn't leave much, did they? And still no one is surprised by the fucking alien life forms that they're encountering as we speak. But nuts. anyway, they're running into a clearing, and there's a bunch of humans all wearing rag, climbing trees. Yeah, we get these humans just going ham over some crops, essentially. Everyone's like tucking in, and then our uh, space boys join in. Um, they, I think, Char- uh, Taylor makes a remark about how he's just glad they haven't started eating them. And then Dodge is like, "Blessed are the vegetarians," which might be his last line of the film. It might also, yeah, be one of his very, very few lines Whoa. of the film. 
So yeah, we don't have a lot of time to dwell on the fact that they've just encountered a bunch of humans because there's apes coming in, riding horses, carrying big sticks, and chasing the humans out of some bushes. Right before this, the loud tree screams again! Oh, that's true! The second loud tree! But this time, the tree is heralding the approach of the ape warriors. So I guess, yeah, the apes on horseback are like rounding up the humans. There's a pretty long scene here where all the humans are like fleeing. They're like jumping into like a little ravine. It's way too long. I gotta say, man, Though my MVP nom here comes for the stunt man who makes that hectic jump. That, like, so these, these fucking like this one human like is pushed off the edge of this like the top of this clearing down into the banks of where yeah. this water is. He's like sort of vaguely pushed. Yeah. He kind of like they're like being chased here. He like sees the rivers down there and he's just like, well, fuck it, and just like jumps it. And like we were watching him, we were just like, oh, because oh, like, it looks like he fucking snaps his ankles. Yeah, but he gets up and moves on. So he gets an MVP nom. That little yeah. fucking stunt boy. Those incredible strong angles. Yep, so they're running, they're running, they're being caught in nets, they're escaping nets, they're running, they're running, there's people getting into bushes, it's all very long. Uh, Dodge gets shot through the neck and collapses. R.I.P. Dodge. Yeah, I guess he's not in the movie I mean, anymore. this is after him being dragged around. He gets like caught in this net <laughs> and he's just fucking dragged like four metres at high speed off the back yeah, of a horse. Not the only time someone's dragged around in a net yeah. in this movie. Yeah, but yeah, we'll yeah, come back to true, that. I mean, like, the humans are all captured and taken to a little camp. Taylor just gets fucking done. He gets shot through the fucking neck. So then Landon and Taylor are both taken to this little camp and there's this human woman there who is like making eyes at Taylor and yeah, fucking Taylor's right been on this planet five minutes he's already trying to smash. Like, oh what's man. He, what's he doing? I mean yeah the one lady he brought with him is dead as we later like that's not me oh, like making God. a plot up that didn't exist like yeah. that's literally there's, something there's, that was there's some troubling statement to yeah, come later look, on. We Listen, won't dwell on it too much. Yeah. But anyway, so as it turns out, this was like a hunt for, I guess, recreation or later we learn maybe research. Well, um, we see the apes taking photos yeah, and like, all like, this, like, like hunters sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. And also the fact that they can fucking talk. Mm. Like all these humans appear to be mutes and these apes, they can speak English as well. Yeah, exactly. They can speak English in particular. That's the English. Thing. This is the first time we get to see the apes, the first time we get to see them speak. So... That's pretty cool. We're right there. Taylor and the lady, uh, I'm just going to start calling Nova. She's not named Nova for quite a while. But it's Um, better than calling her the mute girl. Yeah, the mute girl who's there. Her name's Nova. Uh, So there are two of these apes, like, arguing about lab space. One of them's like, oh, these humans are so dirty. And the other one's like, hey, there, they have rights. And the other one's like, you were going to talk to Dr. Zaius about me and get me better lab space and blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, I'm a behavioral psychologist. I study these these animals to learn more about apes. It's a bit of exposition and, for you, yeah, really. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of vomited on them. So, like, Dr. Zira is, like, more progressive. She, like, wants to study them and learn about their nature and brain patterns and blah, blah, blah. And the other one, who I don't think gets a name, is like, ah, fuck them. I'm just a vet. I just fix up these monkeys or humans when they're all fucked up. Yeah, we, we, we see uh, Nova giving Taylor a blood transfusion, essentially. Mm interesting for them yeah so Zira is touring around with I think Julius is the name of this guy yes Julius sweet Julius as we later learn uh yeah so fucking they're touring the cages and they're surprised by the fact that Taylor like he he looks like he's trying to speak his mouth is moving and they immediately discount it oh well you know human see human do oh my god it's really fucking stupid and this begins the start of this film where like like, the apes the puns are so fucking dumb though yeah like, the degree to which Taylor is communicating is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, they can see him very clearly 
answering what they're saying, yeah. mouthing words in English which they speak, yeah. and like like sort of shaking his head which they do, yeah. like to like to, to yeah. be negative and a, like nodding for affirmative, like the degree to which he is like sounding out what he's trying to do, and then it's kind of like. Huh. Fucking humor. Crazy humans, like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they go to like a great extent to maintain their own fucking cognitive dissonance. They're calling Taylor bright eyes, yes. which becomes important, I guess, because he has really bright eyes. You know, Hesto. Anyway, so he can sort of try and speak. He can't speak because his throat's been shot, but he's like miming yeah. words and they think like, oh, that's a cool trick that he's learned. But Dr. Zayas comes in and we meet him for the first time. He just does not buy it. Oh, he hates humans because they eat up crops. They're evil and useless and shitty. Yeah. And Dr. Zira's like, oh, no, but look at this one. He can speak. And Dr. Zayas is like, oh, it's a parlor trick. Yeah, he's good at mimicry. What yeah. of it? He just learned how to do what you do. He's not a real speak boy. And he just kind of fucks off. And it's like, all right, goodbye, Dr. Zayas. Uh, i got got to be honest, from the Sweet Simpsons episode, I knew the name Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> Dr. Zess, Dr. Zess. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, this is the first time I'm going to address this, I guess. I just could not get that Simpsons thing out of my head the whole fucking episode. Just the fucking... If anyone doesn't know, there's an episode in season seven of The Simpsons where, like, the opening bit is, like, this two-minute, like, parody musical Mm. of Planet of the Apes. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. Do yourself a favor. It's extremely funny. Um, (laughs) One thing that's that's worth noting here is that um, almost as a reward for him being so good at mimicry... Dr. Zira, the ape, brings Nova into Taylor's cage. And is like... So as a mating partner, as, like says, a, as a gift, I've she says... I've got a present for you. And then she kind of just looks on in utter glee. And I have to wonder, like, do these apes get off on watching humans fuck? It's Because, like, like, Zira a, looks so into it. It's probably like a scientific curiosity, right? It's like a... It's like you're, you're, you're a zoo official. Yeah. You know, zoo officials. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. I, I get that. But, like, normally it's like, oh, they're going to mate, and then I'm going to have, like, a baby or something like that. Zero is just, like, she's handed him this, like, this, like, uh, this lady who is just straight up looking at his dick. Like, Nova mm. comes in and he's just, like, sizing Charlton up. And then he's just kind of like, all right, get started. Like... Mm. She's like raising her eyebrows, oh, yeah. like nodding she, her head, yeah, like go on. She, yeah. And like the way this film goes, like you gotta wonder, like, do these apes, like, do they just get off on humans fucking? I have to put the question out there. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know if there's much more evidence for it, because they later express some extreme, extreme dispassion for it. Okay, so now we're outside this little compound. I guess they're in some above ground cages now, yes. Taylor's with Nova, and we learn that Zira has a fiance named Cornelius, who's also a scientist. We get a sweet kiss. Between yep. them, which, which is, is really funny. I mean, maybe like the the least convincing thing these ape suits can do. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. They're like full like suits, like they're human beings wearing like big foam why, suits. Why? Listen, I understand like for some reason they've carried over the English language two thousand years after <laughs> when these people like kicked off. I I can I can make that leap. Why do the apes need to keep kissing as a means of expressing affection? It would have been so easy to look at that scene and be like, the kissing looks garbage. We'll find anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, don't know. I mean, there's probably a not funny answer in that, like, bonobo chimps kiss, like, each other. Yeah, of there's, course. There's, like, some inherent nature to it. But you feel like when they've already eschewed so many it just would have been elements so easy. of polite society... To, like for there to be like some sort of handhold or like nuzzle or something like that. A special that chimp would, that, kiss. Yeah, that would have been All like. Right, okay. Oh, I get it. Well, this is a fun game then. What does a chimp kiss look like, Jackson? In your mind, I think the way An you sell kiss. it. I reckon the way you sell it, just nuzzling it on the neck. Yeah, I mean that's a little too animalistic, right? They're trying to humanize them. 
I guess. So like it needs to be so. it needs to be closer to like something civilized. So maybe it's like a ritual dance. Maybe like every time two of these apes want to show each other affection, we get like a short four to six minute scene where they perform like a complex drum circle maneuver. I imagine there's like lots of different steps, and if you do one out of order, then you commit some great offense. Well, I think the thing, the thing is though, you need it to be rapid fire. You know, it's, yeah. it's like a quick show of affection. So we, we just show it once then, <laughs> and then <laughs> well, no, you just show it sped up. That's yeah. all. Okay, yeah. You, so, just, so, you just have like a, like the fucking like fast forward signal and like kind of thing, kind of blurry <laughs> and staticky, and like do this like fucking ten minute yeah, dance yeah, yeah, yeah. in like thirty seconds. Well, I think you show the whole dance once, and then every subsequent you time you speed it up. Or yeah, it, it, it either gets faster and faster. <laughs> every time or you just show like two frames of it like yeah. it just like smash cuts to like yeah. boom boom as like two of the moves in this dance yeah, and like, they, they, they the... finish up their affection yeah, dance exactly yeah, yeah. and then they're back to it man okay it's not good filmmaking I gotta be honest <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say that'd be hard to watch do you ever play that game Viva Pinata on the original Xbox no uh, no there is not it's the Xbox 360 I wasn't an Xbox boy okay there's this game called Viva Pinata which was like a farming game I guess kind of like I don't know where it fits in the, like, Farmville timeline, but wow. it was definitely a little more sophisticated. I was going to say Farmville as a, go- as a goof, but it's true. It's, like, it's it's way more sophisticated than Farmville. Mm. I don't know if it was, like, before or after. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point of this game was that, like, you had a farm where, like, you farmed candy, as far as I can remember, and there okay. was all this weird, wacky, zany shit. And, sure. like, the, the animals you would have on your farm were all piñatas. And that was why it was called Viva Piñata. And, you know, okay. you, and they were all, like, kind of, like, weird models of regular animals. And, like, you could mate them and, like, breed them to, to get other animals on your farm. Well, not other ones. More of the same ones that you yeah, already sure, had. Sure. Um, but, like, every time you wanted to breed two animals, you had to do a little mini game where, like, the two animals, like, if they, you know, you got them close enough that they were going to mate, it then, like, cuts away from the game, cuts to another game screen where there's, I shit you not, a maze... And, like, no. you control one of the vineyards. No. The other vineyard is on the far side of the maze. You're a and pinata you have to, sperm. You have to navigate the You're whole... You're a pinata sperm yeah, in a fallopian tube. I guess, yeah. And, and the thing is, the mazes get more complex, like, oh, as, the time, no. as time goes on. But, like, the fucked up thing about it, like, the reason that, that was such a broken-ass game mechanic is because, like, if you're halfway decent at the game you have, like, so many piñatas so quickly because they breed and they multiply, right? And then they start, like, breeding and multiplying just kind of, like, of their own accord. And it reaches a point where, like, you can't play a minute of the game without being, like, yanked into one of these maze puzzles. So you, like, solve the maze and you're like, okay, back in the farm, right? What are the plants? What are the plants? Boop, boop, back in the maze. You're like, Jesus Christ, how many of these fucking things can there be? Like, the game just becomes this nightmare of mating mazes, and, like, you can't even play the fucking regular component I mean, of the game anymore. what does that tell you about the intended audience of that game, too? Yeah, people who weren't going to get many pinatas, I suppose, I don't know. Or people that intentionally wanted to get as many pinatas. <laughs> Like, you were play you were playing like 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 that fucking the reply about the accidental vor tumbler. Yeah. You were playing an accidental bestiality porno, but dude. But it's it's in no way sexy or explicit. Like it's a but it's, it just it's needs a maze. Hint of it, dude. It's a maze. Like you're a pinata walking through a maze. Dude. If you isolate that imagery and remove it from the context of the game, you'd just be like, this is a really shitty video game <laughs> where you're a pinata walking through yeah, a maze. No, that's true, that's true. Taylor's writing in the dirt, he's writing, I can write in English in the sand, and we get this like awful sitcom moment where like he's like, look at the dirt, because he still can't speak because of his throat, but like no one's looking, they're, they're all distracted. Way, fucking novice, like, 
goes out and starts like washing away the dirt oh, for some reason. Jesus. Doesn't make sense. He grabs her and like, like pulls throws her, her to the her ground hair. by her ponytail. This random human like starts wailing on him. Yeah, yeah. Before we get up to that though, we get probably the sickest burn in the entire movie. So Dr. Zayas shows up, he's meeting Cornelius, we learn that Cornelius is an archaeologist. He's talking about some digs that he's done and that he's going to go try and do further in the Forbidden Zone. And Dr. Zayas is like, I hate your digs and your stupid bullshit. While you dig up these relics, take care you don't bury your reputation. And it's like the hottest hottest burn in the whole show. For that and some things that are going to come a little bit later, Dr. Zayas gets an MVP nom for me in this scene. I love it. I'm into it. And now we get on to the fight that you mentioned before. So like some other guys, they're trying to fuck up Taylor's writing in the sand and like he he starts fighting him and they're like juking it out in the fucking cell. And you can tell like Taylor is a trained fighter. Oh like, yeah. he's got that judo down pat. Yeah, I mean, he's an answer. They teach yeah. you how to fight in answer, of yeah. course. He you know, is the answer. Sexiest man alive. Yeah. I mean. 1968. It's quite possible. Yeah. Probable. Likely. Sexiest man dead. <laughs> John Heston. This scene, obviously, it's like a role reversal, right? Apes standing around a cage while humans fight for dominance in this landscape. I gotta say... Primates fighting for dominance in a cage? That's pretty remakeable. No, 100%, dude. Like, it is a... It's a real uh, Animal Farm sort of vibe. You know? Yeah, I mean, and there's going to be a direct Animal Farm quote a little later yeah. in the movie. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to yes. it. So Taylor gets dragged away for getting into a fight. He's in a separate cell. Zira comes in, and he, like, grabs her and, like, steals her bit of paper off her, and he's, like, scribbling a note. And then, like, Julius gets in the cell and is like, yeah, and, like, beats him up with this, like, cudgel that he has. Man, Julius has such a hard time. Yeah, Like, dude. he's just, like, the most put upon him. Yeah. Like, he's just he's just trying to, like, live his life, and he's constantly being, like, bossed around by all these other, like, more superior apes. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, you're, you're kidnapping the scientist ape that I'm supposed to protect, and he's, like, beating him up. And but he's yeah. the bad guy. Yeah, the scientist yeah. ape's like, Julius, don't! He didn't mean anything by it! Anyway, turns out that he's managed to write my name is Taylor on the piece of paper that he stole off Zero and Zero Season. She's like, holy fuck. So she takes him to, like, some office somewhere with Cornelius. And her house. Her house. Right, and they're interrogating him, trying to find out, uh, how much he knows and he's well, writing mean, all these messages I mean, here, MVP to fucking Zero for having some sense absolutely dude I like, wrote the same thing a little later the scene yeah. he's the only person to exhibit a shred and of like, intelligence the, it's really hard to comprehend if you haven't seen this film yeah. but the degree as I said earlier the degree to which Taylor is communicating yeah, it's some it's sitcom, sitcom malarkey, man. Like, it is, it's hard to watch now because you're just kind of like, it is so obvious he is, like, way more intelligent than any other human. And every regular ape's just kind of like, <laughs> no, it's just a dumb trick. <laughs> Idiots. Like, yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, no, it, it's really stupid. But, well, I mean, to be fair, so does Cornelius because she's there in her house with her fiancé Cornelius and he's like, it's a trick. Yeah. He knows a few words. He's not like, you know, he's writing like, I came from another planet. My ship crash landed in an ocean. I've been in this place over on the east. Have you got a map? Show me a map. Let me point to the place on the map that my ship crash landed in. And they're all just like, I don't know about that. And then uh, basically they're like, how could you have come here in a ship? Flight is impossible. And then he makes a paper airplane and they are shook. Yeah. Like they are just like, whoa. No one's ever thought to... Th- Flipped uh, a piece uh, of paper before. Yeah, aerodynamics, I, huh? I just like refuse to believe that they have paper and they have buildings, but they've never been like, hmm. It's yeah. Gliding. I mean, and like the fact that language hasn't changed in two thousand years, yeah. like, that is that's a <laughs> 
it's, hard pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So Cornelius is a shitty scientist. Cornelius is up for LVP for me. That's the least valuable player because of how <laughs> shitty he is as a scientist. He's just like fucking like, yeah, I can see this man thinking and writing things down, but I just refuse to believe that that could be the case because of my preconceived biases. Oh man, the the apes attitude towards science of a capital S is yeah. just it's troubling. Yeah, this fucking age of enlightenment, it, enlightenment ass apes. It's just like wow, the the message of this film is hard to really draw out. Like, yeah, because there are a few things in here where we're just kind of like, what is. What are we meant to take away from here? So there's a lot of, like, role reversal, like, nature of man kind of philosophy going on. And, like, you hit on this point before we started recording, which is, like, because we've talked about this in the past. Like, if you watched The Matrix, I mean, like, we obviously saw The Matrix in cinemas, but we were, like, a bit too young to really appreciate it. Like, if you were, like, a a grown adult and you saw The Matrix for the first time, like, there'd never really been anything like it. Like, that's kind of, like, a mind-blowing concept that, like, oh, everything's a simulation, we're all living in this fake virtual world. Whereas, like, now that's, like, fucking, like, Dime store yeah, philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's something... Exactly. People, we're familiar with this concept now, in part due to the fact that The Matrix made it such a fucking central part of the yes. cultural zeitgeist. But, like, so, like, at, at this point in time, in the 60s, this is probably really challenging work. This idea that, like, human beings, ugh, they're actually shitty and warlike and warmongering and ugh, awful people. And, you know, maybe by looking at things through the eyes of an ape on what a human looks like. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, I mean, nowadays, we, this is just like, yeah, great. We're we all see this. it, like, in the next two decades of films. Like, by, by the 80s, it's just kind of like humans can be superheroes like yeah. like like fucking all your Arnold Schwarzenegger films and that Ooh. sort of thing like, it's kind of like the human body can achieve anything and then like the 90s you get like, like the sort of decline but like it's just like here is like this example of a film where it's kind of like humanity Philosophically, not all turned out to be. Like, it's it's fascinating. I mean, could you really call the 90s a decline when Don't Mess With The Zohan didn't come out until 2008? That was a I'm uh, saying it's a high point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the, I think it's a valley. The '90s is like a shit show, but then right. like once we hit the Zohan, we come back with it's Zohan. Strongly <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll do the Born Almighty as well. Yeah. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that realistic fighting dude. Yeah. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh yeah, people getting thrown through walls. Oh, I love that. What year did Casino Royale come out? Uh, must have been 2010. Anyway, oh, doesn't matter. I would say 08. 2006. Oh, I am pretty close. Yeah, wow. I thought it was later than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Zayas comes in to Zero's home and he's like, what is this ape doing out of his cell? Uh, I hate apes. Uh, sorry, ape. Human. Uh, take him... Different film. Take him back to the compound and then he gets dragged away and we cut back to the scene where they're in like little cages and someone comes in and is like, yeah, we're going to geld this one. Which for those of you that don't know what that means, it means cutting off genitalia. They're like, we're going to geld him and then send him off for some other surgery, something, blah, blah, blah. And then the Julius is like, no, Dr. Zero won't like it. She wants that pair to mate, referring to Taylor and Nova. Because this is the scene where she gets her name, I believe. But we, we do see uh, Taylor and Nova like cuddling up, essentially. Like, he's sleeping mm. next to her. Like, sleeping behind her and that sort of thing. Real, real, real cozy, real cozy. I have here, I want to give an MVP to Julius, because, like, I have again, later, yeah. again, just being like, Julius, don't deal with this. And he's, he's like, like, fucking hell. He's like, this is my job. All right, yeah. okay. So he busts in to go grab Taylor and just gets, like, attacked. Dunked on. Dunked attacked on. by Taylor. And Taylor just, like, gets the 
fuck out of there. He, all right, so he escapes, he's running away, and, like, this scene is, is pretty awesome. Like, he's running through the town, he's trying to, like, escape. Uh, he, he goes through a lot of, like, weird, zany, like, oh, apes are humans kind of scenarios. And uh, the, probably my favorite thing is when he ends up in a church where there's a funeral going on. And this is where three of my favorite ape puns happen in the movie and three pretty good title pitches. Yeah. They refer to the deceased as a font of simian kindness. Yes, I had that as well. That's one of my a, favorite ones. A gorilla to remember. He was a model to us all, a gorilla to remember. Yep, and uh, he, did the deceased one said to me, I never met an ape I didn't like. Like, the fucking it's animal puns. It's, it's, it's so weird in this, like, high-tension moment to be like, you know what would be great? We just threw a bunch of puns in. Yeah, just a yeah, bunch yeah. of puns about just like our, apes our, being our humans. Our hero running through an ape funeral and just like living it up. <laughs> an ape funeral. Man. That's what it is. I know. Though. It's just such a funny thing to hear. Okay, he runs out of the church. He knocks over some market stalls. He knocks an ape off a horse. He runs into a museum. He finds the body of Dodge is like taxidermied now, and he's horrified by that. He runs outside. He eventually gets captured. They throw a net over him as they want to do. Yeah. Boy, do they like their nets. They fucking throw um, it over him. Like, like from above like this like fucking bridge yeah. essentially then grab some ropes and jump down like pulling him into the air they spring an like, awesome net trap pretty fucking yeah. genius and then as he's being lowered down he's like get your hands off me you dirty ape the, the most iconic line from this movie maybe bar the finale of it yeah uh, where he's like yeah get your hands off me you damn dirty he apes talk. he can talk he can talk he can talk I can sing that's <laughs> <laughs> what I was waiting for we didn't get yeah. this we didn't get the singing yeah it's true I was really waiting for Troy McClure to come in yeah Simpsons anyway basically they're all stunned by the fact that he can talk I guess he gets sent back to his little cage yeah. very quickly this is where he gives her the name Nova he's like you're Nova. You, Nova. And then he's like, huh, me Tarzan, you Jane, right? Because she just, like, he's giving him nothing. nothing. Like, she yeah. can't, yeah. She, well, yeah, it's going to get weirder. So I want to play a little tagline game here with you, Ben. Please, yes. I love a tagline So this game. time I have three different taglines from three different films. And I want you to pick which of them is the tagline of this particular film. Then I'm gonna Then I'm going to run through... Are they all, the they're all real taglines from real movies? Yes, all real. Okay, great. Real. Okay, bring them on. Number one, an adventure like nothing on earth. Okay, okay. Number two, hunted, haunted, wanted, <laughs> like beasts of prey. <laughs> Those are both so bad, I hope neither of them are it. Number three, a new age begins. Okay. What do you reckon, Benno? Throw it at me. Okay, my problem with the first one is like... Spoiler alert, if you if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to know the twist, like you like us recapping it, skip ahead 30 seconds right yes. now as to why this is the worst title pitch ever. This movie takes place on Earth. Yeah. So, like, it's really yes. disingenuous yes, 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 to say, course. like, 100%. an adventure like nothing on Earth. If that is the title pitch, I have extreme problems with it. Hunted, haunted, what the was it? The tagline, the yeah, tagline. Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, hunted, haunted, wanted, like beasts of prey. Okay, I mean, like, that describes maybe 15% of this movie. So, like, if that is also the tagline, like, that is just completely fucked. And the last one is what? A New Age Begins... It's almost too easy. Like, I wonder if that's the tagline for one of the more recent Apes movies. Like, the fucking 2017 War for the Planet sure, of the Apes sure, or something. Sure. Like, I feel like that's a, that's a modern Hollywood tagline. Like, old Hollywood taglines tend to be stupider and, like, <laughs> less direct than that. So, I'm going to go with the first one. An Adventure Like Nothing on Earth. I'm afraid, Ben. Uh-huh. That is incorrect. Which one was it? 
hunted. Hunted. Are you kidding me? Wanted. That's the worst like one. Piece of three. That's the worst no, one. It is very bad. It is it's very bad. It's the worst of the three. So, and an adventure like nothing on earth uh, is actually lost in space from okay, 1998. Fine. The fucking movie with uh fucking yeah, I know the movie. Joey Tribbiani, Robinson, fucking <laughs> Joey Tribbiani. Yeah, fucking all mates. Mel Blanc is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a New Age Begins is actually Avengers Age of Ultron 2015. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, um, that was a modern Hollywood tagline. you got to give me that one. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Fucking... That's true. I mean, it's definitely a lot better than the other two. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's you, that's why like, I didn't go with it. That's a tagline. It was yeah. too obvious. Yeah. That's a tagline yeah. for this movie that yeah. makes some sense. So do we run through the please, other Please, please, give me yeah. the real uh, other yeah. taglines. <clears throat> Somewhere in the universe, there must be something better than man. In a matter of time, an astronaut will wing through the centuries and find this the answer. Is one tagline? We may find the most terrifying <laughs> one of all on the planet where apes are the rulers and man the beast. That's not a tagline! What are you doing, 60s Hollywood? <laughs> That's a plot summary! Uh, <laughs> number two. An unusual and important motion picture from the author of The Bridge and the River Kwai. That's not a tagline either. That's a review. That's a review for the movie. Number three. This is Commander Taylor, astronaut. He has landed in a world where apes are the rulers and man the beast. Now he is caged, tortured, risks mutilation because no human can remain human on the planet of the apes. Again, somewhere in the universe there must be something better than man. I mean, that's not a bad tagline. Yeah. Like, just that, in isolation. That quote, somewhere in the universe must be something better than man. That's good. Second last one, Hunted, Haunted, Wanted Like Beasts of Prey. And so our last stupid. one, 20th Century Fox wants you to go ape. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. That is that is a great tagline. That's a 2017 movie tagline. Like, just go ape? Like, that's simple? That's fucking, that's high oh quality. That Hunted, Haunted, fucking Hell whatever. Dumb. Like... That doesn't describe most of I know. the movie. I know. That, uh, okay, where were we? So the apes steal Nova away. Yeah. Oh yeah. They come into the cell. They take Nova. They put her in a separate cell. They're hosing him down. We had another one of these iconic lines where he's like, "It's a madhouse." It's got to be a title picture. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, yeah, it won't be the one, but it's got to be a title. Yeah. Bit. It's one of those Jurassic Park ones where it's just so iconic we can't use it. And then yeah. fucking Taylor just kind of brags about fucking for a minute. So they, they put it in separate cages, and Taylor's kind of like, "Ah." Uh, you and me, separated the last. They took you away. Uh, I remember back on Earth. I used to fuck everyone I could. <laughs> Man, I also want to say at this point, like, he's just got his voice back in the previous scene. Like, he hasn't spoken in scenes and scenes and scenes, which is cool. It's like, the protagonist doesn't speak. Yeah, yeah, he has yeah. to communicate in other ways. And then, like, he gets his voice back. What's the first thing he does with it? Monologues about how many women he's fucked. But to a woman that won't understand Yeah, who doesn't speak like... English, who can't understand him. And, like, the, the shit that he's saying where he's just like, hmm, I need you to hold me. I didn't uh, hold anyone on Earth. Never did anyone No else one before. could make me feel this way. Oh, there was love making, but no love. Ugh. <laughs> a lot of things are bad. He's like, hmm, we brought Stuart on the ship. She was the only lady, and my God. Okay, like, okay, two things here. Real quick. <laughs> Number one, he kind of talks about how, like, uh, on Earth there was no one that could really satisfy him or anything like that, and that's why he left. So he's saying that he left He left Earth. Earth. He left our planet because, because nobody no would love him. He left Ugh. the planet because he didn't catch a girlfriend. Ugh. He was like, 
no, 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 no. I've got to have some alien lady. Like, oh, that's... Jesus. Sure, okay. Then he's like, Stuart will be the new Eve with our hot was... and eager help. That's a direct quote. Their plan was to fuck Stuart and repopulate whatever uh, planet they found? They was were... that it? Oh, no, they meant to go back to Earth 700 years later, maybe find a kingdom of ash, and then fuck Stuart a lot to make a lot of inbred babies. Oh. It just sucks a lot. It's really hard to watch. It's a, yeah, it's a lot to take on. So Taylor is grabbed, he's taken away. Nova is left behind. She doesn't like it. She's like rattling the cage. Uh, we find out it's been a few weeks, I guess, because he's talking to Zero and he's like, it's been weeks. Why haven't you come to see me? And now they're in a hearing. With... Yeah, he's been put on trial. Yeah, so they're up against various of these orange apes, like Dr. Zayas and there's two others that they give the names of. And this to me is like... This is really weird. Yeah. Like, the next 20 minutes of the movie is, like... Bizarre. I can't think of another way to describe it other than, like, a pivot from an action movie to a procedural courtroom drama. And it's, like, a very abrupt pivot. And these apes in this courtroom scene, like, they they get hung up on the weirdest things and they never let anyone finish their point. Yeah. It's really fucking well, okay. exasperating. Let's start it off. Like, real quick, though, like... This human smells from his rags. Let's strip him naked. Yep. So we we see that sweet Chester nude. Yeah. I mean, like, I kind of want to summarize this pretty quickly because, like, yeah, it, it, let's it's, do it. So, so, so basically, they're like, uh, the human's being charged with something, and then Zero's like, doesn't he have rights? And they're like, he's a human, not an ape. So he has no rights in one of my title pitches. He has no rights under ape law. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a pretty, actually, pretty sick title yeah, pitch. Yeah. But then she's like, well, how can you charge him under ape law if he has no rights under ape law? And then they're like, you shouldn't speak up in his defense or it'll damage your careers. And he's like, well, then I'll speak up in my own defense. And they're like, shut, shut up. up. And they, <laughs> they put a muzzle on him and then... Yeah, he writes himself. But basically, it's like very immediately apparent that like, he has no hope in hell. Like, this is no. such a rigged jury. Right, exactly. So this is where I feel like a modern film would, like, spend five minutes convincing you it was a rigged jury and then dispense with the next 20 minutes. Exactly. And instead, what they do is they go through this just, like, elaborate... It's so frustrating. This elaborate court Because you scene. know it's not going to work. And you're just, like, <laughs> sitting there being like, why are you wasting our time with this? Yeah. Like, like, to prove that apes are, like, like irredeemably evil? Like, yeah. I'm not no, sure I, I guess the... it's like, we get all this, like, ham-fisted social commentary role reversal stuff. Yeah, about like, religion and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. the, the, the inter... Literally, like, if you've not seen this movie, like, we're not bullshitting. There's about 20 minutes where they start talking about, like, the interplay between religion and science. I, like, it, and it was kind of confusing and hard to follow as well because of how they don't let anyone finish and they just swing from branch to branch, if you'll pardon the expression, and just fucking, like, move on so quickly. Basically, the point that, that they were making was that, like, they never really even made it clear what they were charging anyone with until the end. But yeah. anyway, I, I guess the point was that the whole tribunal was to figure out what they were going to do with Taylor. And they're like, oh, he's an abomination. Dr. Zero and some surgeon made him by doing genetic experiments it's with bizarre. his vocal cords. Basically, they, they try and like make... Uh, uh, basically, as part of his testimony... Taylor's all kind of like I I touched down with like two other people. One of them was killed, and one of them like should be here. They bring in Landon, and he's like, "Oh, so like if you can speak, and like then maybe Landon can speak as well." Yeah. He finds him, and is like, "Landon, Landon." Turns around, he's been lobotomized. Oh no! Oh god, he's been set up, sort of thing. So like, fucking, this is the point where Taylor like freaks out, and he's like, "You cut him! You cut his brains out! You filled the animals!" And he like loses his mind, and like charges at Doctor Zayas, gets caught in a net yet again. They, they throw a net on him. The net. 
they, they, dude, like the next scene is also so fucking funny. They like because like this this bit's taking place outside. They take him out of the courtroom to where Landon is, and he sees him. They drag him back into the courtroom in a net, like, and then we're just back into the court scene. And there's this weird Again. scene you can watch. But like, <laughs> like, what comment is this film making? Like, yeah. is it like that humanity is blinded by like similar truths to the apes? Sort of yeah, thing? I mean, that's like, the... are we more barbaric than we believe? All this other sort of I stuff. I think that's the but, point. But the way they go about it is so it's so strange. Absurd. Like, you're, you're meant to like take ape, replace ape with human, replace human with of course. animal of any of description, course. and then like that's the social commentary, right? So like, I guess uh, this is the point I've written down. Social commentary, pretty remakeable. Yeah. I bet it'll be in the remake. Almost There'll certainly. be some like 100%. human nature social commentary but going it's on. Like, like they're so ham-fisted of how irredeemable the apes are yeah. that it's like there's no buy-in to well, see the apes as anything other than like stupider than humans would be. Well, it's just like a completely corrupt system, I guess, at the point. So Zira and Cornelius are like, we believe that he's evidence of a civilization that was here before the apes. The missing link. Yeah, the, he's the missing link between the civilization I found in my archaeological digs and the apes as we understand them. But that's heresy because their holy book only goes back 1,200 years. We see the three fucking judges doing a whole like monkey like oh, see no evil, evil speak no evil hear no evil thing yeah, why 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 like so, yeah so the important takeaway from this scene is that like Z- Zira and Connie Ness are being charged with heresy we don't know what's happening to Taylor yet but that's the end of the courtroom they're being charged with heresy because they're claiming that he's like evidence of some other organization so like the purpose this is what fucked me up like the purpose of the trial has shifted like the trial was originally like about Taylor, yeah. what they were gonna do with him, whether he was telling the truth, and now it's about Zira and Cornelius. And as we hear in the next scene, where he, uh, Taylor is brought to Doctor Zayas's quarters, like he was like, ah, well done in helping us expose the heresy of like yeah. Zira and Cornelius. It's like as though that was the wh- point. That was the po- the point. Yeah. Why did you go about it in this way? Like. It's- this movie has gotten so fucking weird. It's so strange. It, like, it, it really me pivoted. Of, of that real Star Trek vibe of like, we're in space, but actually it's about the human condition. Like, yeah. And like, this film like, gets close to that, but like... Yeah, I mean, it's a good movie, and like, I'm yeah, sure... Yeah, it's definitely enjoyable. And I'm sure like, if it's 19... And like, to be fair, like, it's an intelligent movie, like, it treats its viewers with respect. Yeah. Like, there's a lot going on. Mm. Like, it was kind of hard to take notes, because there was a lot happening very mm. quickly, and like lots of characters and different threads happening, and I was kind of like pfft, trying to trying to get it all down. Not so too much it. action though, which is which is which yeah. is handy. It's more like the things people say, and it's kind of like you spend so much time being like, "Oh fuck, that's important." Oh fuck, that's important. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. they said that thing. Fuck. And like, I know for me, for title pitches, there'd be times where it was like the next forty five seconds is all just title pitches. And just I'd be really like, funny oh, shit. Fuck. Yeah. Here I go. So at any rate, Taylor gets pulled into Zayas's office, and he's like. Uh, you lost the court case. Your case was preordained. Yeah. So that's cool. cool. Why do we spend so much time on it? Doesn't matter. He's like, I'm going to cut your balls off and cut bits of your brain out unless you give me a full confession and tell me where you're really from. Basically, Zayas suspects that, like, Taylor's from some tribe of humans in some secret forest off beyond the forbidden wastes that they, like, have never explored. And he's like, if you're lying to protect other members of your tribe, you better tell me you've got six hours to make your full confession or I'm going to mutilate the fuck out of you. And he's basically like, I know you're from a tribe and Taylor Taylor's like, why won't you just believe me? Yeah, please. Like, why don't you just go look for my spaceship? I can prove it. But no one ever really does that. So That's that's another thing as well. The fact that he knows where a spaceship is. Mm. And like, depending on the depth of that lake, maybe it's impossible to get to, but it would be very easy for him to be like, what do you call this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like there are any number of ways like he could like prove shit. Like he, he could like teach them something of astronomy or like I mean because like well he's a fucking captain of a spaceship right that's like that's able to travel like at light speed he must know surely sights. 
Exactly. Like, and the way they should have is like, well, he can fold a paper plane. Yeah. Like, surely there's some fucking, like, complicated mathematics you can do them which make people be like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, this guy. It wouldn't even need to be that complicated because these people are quite primitive. Like, there's this whole school of thought, if we may get sidetracked for a minute, uh, about, like, what you should do if you ever meet an alien. Like, if you're the first human being to come in contact with an alien life form to, like, demonstrate that humans are intelligent. And, like, it's not that hard. Like, especially if they, like... Like, Taylor's got an easy job here because they fucking speak English and they, like, yeah. see the same fucking spectrum of light as we do and appear to have, like, you know, they write and draw shit, whereas, like, you know, we wouldn't know if an alien necessarily they use do the that. the same fucking alphabet, like... Yeah. And, like, your average person might not know some of this shit, but he's a fucking, as you say, space captain at answer. He's got to be really smart. So, like, you just start doing shit like, oh... Here's a Pythagorean triangle. Oh, here's a circle. And I can show you that a circumference is a little bit more than three times the radius. Oh, I can just do like some basic maths because that shows like higher reasoning, like complex brain yeah. function. And, and like, you'd, you'd think he would have had a thought to be like, you guys must know a bit about maths, right? You've got guns. You I can't mean, really get the guns, guns yeah. unless you know a bit about maths. Like, anyway... Uh, we cut back to the cell where Taylor's being kept, and this is where I gave my MVP number to Julius. Julius is just crushing one of Taylor's cigars. Yeah, it's like a five to ten second scene where he's just like sitting there in a chair, silently tapping his foot, pounding his stogie. Now, is this the first time we see one of the apes smoking? I think so. Yeah. So, is Julius the first ape to ever like fucking crush a cigar? Yeah, dude. And Taylor brought smoking to the apes. Yeah, That's, <laughs> he, he's responsible for like a generation of ape children that are going to have emphysema and lung cancer. <laughs> it all lies on the shoulders of Taylor. That and many other crimes. Anyway, uh, this this uh, young ape... Uh, Dr. Zira's nephew, Lucius, Lucius, busts in and, like, cunningly tricks... Orchestrates uh, tricks a plan. Julius, like, like, attacks him, pushes him back, so, like, Taylor can grab him. He, like, knocks him out using this club mm-hmm. and then frees Taylor. Taylor refuses to leave without Nova, sets her free, and they all escape into the night. Yeah, man. At this point, I've been like, okay, we've been talking some shit about this movie for that 20-minute courtroom scene. It really isn't fucking around. We're, like, an hour and 15, hour and 20 into the movie at this point, and, like, so much has happened. Yeah. Like, this movie actually moves along at a pretty decent pace. And I think that is something that I wish were remakeable. Yeah, like a really throttling pace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah something that actually, like, really hopped really along a little bit. bit. And that pretty much takes us to where we are now. So Dr. Zero has orchestrated his escape. He's free. Uh, he meets up with Zira and Cornelius, like, pretty far out of the settlement. Cornelius is like, we got to go out into the fucking forbidden zone to finish my archaeological dig so we can find evidence of our theories so we get away with these heresy charges that we're up against. And he's like, you're heading to the forbidden zone. Well, I'm going that way as well. So why don't we travel together? He's got a gun. He's got a horse. But he still doesn't have any fucking clothes. He's rolling around in a goddamn loin cloth on the back of a horse with Nova. Nova's really freaked out about something as well. Like, it, it's it's not actually explained what it was. Yeah. Like, she's kind of, like, freaking out and he's like, oh, she must know this area. This must be around where she was captured. But then we don't actually get confirmation of that. So they're all around for a while. They arrive in the Forbidden Zone in the desert. We get a lot more of these fucking panoramic shots of this stark beige desert. Oh, my God. It's, I mean, they look cool, but, like, it's a bit much. It's just um, so many landscapes. Yeah. So they, they show up, like, on a beach next to a cave. Taylor's shaving his beard and all the apes are losing their minds. They're like, why'd you do that? And he's like, uh, pfft. 
Because beards are for losers. Yeah, pretty much he's like, uh, only young people have beards where I'm from. And then, uh, like, Zero's like, beards? I'm not into fads or something like that. Like, it's really bizarre. Yeah, it's really... Like, that... Like, no, that was Lucius that says that. Yeah. And the whole Lucius plot is so strange. Because, like, Lucius, I guess, is like a little teenage ape boy. And, like, everything he says is basically like, adults. Adults are always telling me what to do. And, like, I really just question the point. Yeah. Like, well, I don't understand what it adds. Like, it's nice for us, and it's fun to make fun of, like, a moody teen character. But, but like, like, what was the intention yeah, who, of the moody teen when, character? When you're trying to be so intelligent with the rest of it, and you're grappling with questions of, like, the survival of the human race, and, like, like the barbarism, like, inherent in humanity, and that sort of thing. And it's like, also, huh, why do people give teens such a hard go? Yeah. Like, is that one of the big questions you're asking? Like, yeah. really? So they're sitting here, uh, they're about to go into the caves uh, that Cornelius was exploring last time and continue excavations, and a bunch of apes show up, including Dr. Zaius. But it's okay, because Taylor's got a gun. And he pulls a gun on Dr. Zaius, and he's like, everybody back off, we're going in the caves! And all the apes back off, and he's like, hey, Dr. Zaius, what if Cornelius and Zira could prove to you that your ancient scrolls that only go back 1,200 years were total bullshit by showing you incontrovertible science? And he's like, well, yeah, of course, then I'd believe them. So they all go up in the caves, and they start digging around, in the fucking dirt man I have this like Taylor like just takes control situation and like like all we needed was a gun and yeah. like do you think that's the, rest, the message that Charlton Hessen learned like <laughs> is that why he was like the president of the NRA like he was like all you need is a gun yeah that's all you need one gun like, you, you have one gun you're in charge you're in charge of the whole world which yeah. like to be fair in most situations particularly in Australia so you have a gun Australia. You're probably in charge. So this is where, like, the weirdest of these, like, Lucius Taylor moments happens, where Lucius is like, oh, cool, I get to come in the cave as well. And he's like, ha not quite, Lucius. You gotta take care of the camp. And he's like, yeah, just like all the other adults. Yeah, give me... I thought you were cool, human, yeah. but, you know, you're like all the old people, like, tell yeah. me what to do. You're like every other adult, giving orders all the time. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. But I gotta say, like, moody and rebellious teens are probably my all-time favourite point of remake ability. So... Now that's an interesting choice. <laughs> it's one of those things that we keep coming back to. Certainly, so, certainly, certainly. We, we certainly do. I don't know why you'd call it your favourite, though. Yeah, I just love teens. Man, you know? I can't, why haven't you watched the OC, then? Like, I'm telling you, it's very good. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I like teens, like, in an ironic kind of sense, I think. Yeah. Okay. Then, then, then like, watch the OC. Do you think I could ironically watch the OC? Yeah. Okay. You'd love it. Maybe I will. So, now they're in the cave, and Cornelius is like, hmm, isn't it weird? Look at these ancient fossils over here that are, like, 2,000 years old. Hint, hint. Uh, that's about the time that they left Earth. Yeah. He's like, these ancient fossils that are 2,000 years old, they seem more advanced than these ancient fossils, which are, like, 1,300 years old. And then, fucking, Zaius is like, That can all be explained. Clearly, these old fossils that are of human design were really apes. Because check out the Holy Scripture. It says that sometimes the old apes used to keep humans as household pets. So you'll find the man in the house around here. There'll be some sort of ape around here. Ape man, who was really in charge of things. And then this scene is also really weird. This is another one of those scenes like the courtroom scene where, like, no one is ever allowed to finish making their point. No. And, like... The apes just get hung up on the weirdest parts of it. And, like, they, they never consider, like, the... F- they never consider okay. the full picture. Like, everything has to be examined, like, piecemeal. 
So they're like, oh, that doll, that's fine. Oh, those glasses, oh, don't worry about it. At no point does he look at everything together and go, hmm, you know what? That is a pretty compelling story. Yes. It's just like everything, yeah, it, it's really frustrating. They find this human doll in one of like, like the lowest levels and they're like, oh, it's just a human doll. Who cares? My daughter plays with human dolls. Yeah. But then they find out that it can talk. Like, yeah. like this doll has like, the capacity to... <laughs> It can talk. <laughs> <laughs> this doll has the capacity to make sound, and like Taylor's like, huh? Why would an ape make a, a human that could talk? You, that, you that's so Why weird. Is that that's this? the sticking and point. And this is the this is the story Rex comes back where everyone's like, you got to admit that Zayas, and he's like, oh well, ah 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 ah. Yep. And before they can really stick it to him, they hear gunshots outside, and they have to rush out. Yep. Why is that it? Why yep. is it like a human doll that can talk? You fucked now. Yeah, I, I had the exact same thing. It's like, why is this the impossible fucking oh, thing nuts. that ultimately is unanswerable? Yeah. So they go outside. There's a gunfight happening. The apes that said they pulled back haven't. Taylor gets his gun. He shoots an ape off a mountain. Then he plays a weird trick where he basically fires in the air and he's like, oh no, I'm wounded. Please help me. So Dr. Zayas runs out of the cave for some reason, but then he just like uses that as an opportunity to take Zayas hostage. Zayas he- Causes them all to withdraw and like stops all of them and that sort of thing, and then they all like sort of like back off. Yeah, and and he's basically like, okay, uh, give me a horse, give me provisions for a week, give me a bunch of ammunition. I'm out of here, baby. And then like Zayus and Taylor get in this weird philosophical debate about the nature of man versus the nature of ape, and he he's basically like, Doctor Zayus knew about man all along he knew there were men before there were apes and he's been hiding it from you Zero and Cornelius and he basically admits it yeah. he's like yeah I did know about it from these ancient texts but the reason I've been hiding it from everyone is because men are awful and then he pulls out some read scripture read this last scroll it's yeah. like men suck he pulls out the scroll and he's like men are warlike and evil and violent and vicious and Taylor just stares at him and is like yep that's true. I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I completely agree. And that's why I'm the best, baby. Lucius so, talks about how he was like, uh, snuck up on sort of thing. And he's just kind of like, my last title pitch, you can't trust the older, older I, generation. I had the same exact like, thing. Just like, as a title pitch. All right, Lucius, goodbye forever. Yeah. Um, I toyed with giving Lucius an MVP nom, but I don't think he deserves it. it. Yeah, no. And um, so, uh, our, basically, Taylor says his goodbyes. He ties up Zayas. They're like, why are you treating him like this? It's in, it's like in, I, I, I want to say Simeon. inhumane, but like, in yeah, Simeon. In Simeon. Um, and then he's like, oh, that's how they treated me. Blah, 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 blah. It's some sort of comment. Um, he says goodbye to all the apes and like shakes the hands of the men. Goes up oh. to Zira and is like, I want to give you a kiss. I want to kiss you on the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, Oh, but you're so ugly, but okay. And, and then they just kiss. And we get, like, the like what we see more than the kiss is the reaction shot of Cornelius. Cornelius is like, what the fuck? Cornelius is just being cucked before yeah. his very eyes. Yeah, he's just kind of like, Zira, <laughs> what the hell? And, like, it, it brings that whole earlier scene where, like, Zira was like, oh, I brought you a present to mate with. Uh, like, and the, the, the fucking eyes she makes. Awful. She's like, oh, but you're so ugly. Zero's got a fucking human king, dude. So then, like, fuck knows why, but Taylor goes back over to Zayus. They duke it out some more over the true nature of man. He's like, you know, you should go, and I promise we won't follow you, but be careful what you go looking for, Taylor, because you might not like what you find. They bring his horse, they bring his supplies, he rides off with Nova, and then, like, they go to go after him, and Zayus is like, no, let him go. 
Uh, meanwhile, we gotta blow up this cave with all this evidence of human civilization inside it. <clears throat> and also, by the way, you guys are gonna be tried for heresy yeah, still. I'm like, going back I, on my promises. Like, why wouldn't he be like, you guys are gonna be tried for heresy, but we gotta, like, bury, yeah. we gotta bury this. He could instead, easily... Instead of being like, no, we're burying this, and you will still be tried yeah, for heresy. Yeah, it's literally like, look, I'm sorry, you guys are getting completely fucked. Yeah. You guys are getting the rawest end of this stick. Like, abs- you got why, absolutely point, nothing out of why this. why didn't they pull up a gun and shoot him? Yeah, like, exactly. I guess all, all the other fucking militia apes were there at this point. Doesn't matter. But they're, they're still going to be tried for heresy. Yeah, like, that's what, true. Like, and they're, they're going to hang for heresy. No, no, he said they'd only hang for hurting him. They only get two years for heresy. They got two years of prison. But yeah. even so, like, their lives are over. They're, they're, like, their careers never work in academia are going to be buried. Yeah. Their reputations. Much like the relics that are being yeah. run up. See, like, Zaius is, like, an irredeemable bastard. Because oh, he yeah. knows they're right. But, like, he also believes that he's doing the right thing, I guess is the implication. <laughs> they continue riding along the beach, that is to say, uh, Taylor and Nova. And eventually they come across the statue and there's just this highly iconic scene. If you haven't seen it before, go check it out. There's a lot of these, like, this is one of those shots that looks awesome. It's like the beach and the ocean. They look so, like, bleak and stark and it's really cool. And, uh, he finds, like, the remnants of the Statue of Liberty and twist, spoiler alert, Shyamalan style before (laughs) Shyamalan. It was Earth all along. Oh my god. You maniacs. I was wrong. You blew it up. (laughs) It was Earth. All along. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out that it's Earth and they went forward in time far enough that, like, humans had fallen in, I guess it's implied, like, an atomic war. Yeah, that's what yeah, it seems like. It's sort of implied and that the apes have taken over. And, uh, well, shit, there you go. Before we decide that we've reached the end of the movie, I have one very important question. Okay. It's revealed that Dr. Zaius, like, knows what's going on a little bit. Like, he knows some things about humans that he's been hiding from the others. Does he also know that Taylor is from the past and that he's, like, travelled through time and come back there? Because the way he's like, oh, you might not like what you find, you're going to go find your destiny. Yeah. It sort of implies... The the rest of the film, other than that last scene, implies that he's like, it's impossible. He's just some human from the wasteland. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you actually will know something when you... Yeah. I wonder if that's because, like, the way he handles a gun, maybe, or something like that. Or Or just, like, like, he's clearly really intelligent. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking doesn't matter. Because we're finally at the end. We've done it. We've reached the climax. Finn. Thank you for listening to this episode. We're going to run through our various social media roundups. I'm uh, Ben McAllister. You can get me on Twitter at MrBTMcAllister. And me at Jackson underscore user. Great. And you can get the show at at SI Curio Show. It's like Sicario, that movie, but with Curio instead. You know, uh, if you've listened to the episodes before, you've heard that bit before. So. Yeah, and also check us out at, <laughs> at Curio Network. And check out the other shows on the network, blah, blah, blah. You know the deal. Yeah. Check us out. Check our style out. Jackson, I think it's time for our post-show roundup. Please hit me with it. And I think you know what comes first. And I want to know. I want to know all about your MVPs, dude. You want to know who my most valuable player is? I'd love to. All right. Let me round them up for you. First, I got Landon for being the golden boy of 72. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. And uh, just a genuine American hero. You know, getting lobotomized as well. It's a real yeah, tragedy. Yeah, he, he has a real, yeah, hard, hard run of things. Then I've got the stunt boy who makes his heroic sand oh, jump. Oh, that ankle snap. Then I've got Dr. Zayas for giving out sick burns. Yeah, truly the greatest enemy of our time. Then I've got um, 
Z- um, Zira, Dr. Zira, for just having a shred of sense in her head. That's going to be just, a tough one just for me. a single one, Yeah, right? and... Oh, then Julius for just pounding that cigar. Yeah. And yeah. those are my MVPs. Not that many. What do you got? Yeah, no, I, I, I pretty much agree with you guys. I, th- I think I myself mostly focus... Like, for me, it was a real tug of war between Zira and Julius. I mean, Julius is definitely funnier. Yeah. And, like, Zira is definitely, like, actually more effective and useful. I think, in that sense... Yeah, I think Zero. I I'm, think I think without Zero, this film is even more frustrating. That's without true. Julius, you might lose a laugh. Without Zero, this film never gets off the ground, and we're ruined. What about this then? Allow me to posit this. All right, we're gonna take Zero, and we're gonna add some really nice parts of Julius. Which... So Zero smoking a cigar. Yeah, exactly. That's so it. Zero pounding. Okay, so the MVP is Zero pounding a cigar. Explicitly pounding a cigar. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we agree. Yeah, on that's that. that's very good. that's an image I'm gonna go to sleep remembering yeah time some trivia Jackson yeah yeah. this is fucking crazy and I refuse to believe this is true okay during breaks in filming actors made up as different ape species tended to hang out together gorillas with gorillas orangutans with orangutans chimps with chimps it wasn't required it just naturally happened that is fucked. That is something. I else. just refuse to believe that's true. Like, that seems like something that would be on the DVD commentary, but that didn't actually happen. Well, but, like, I guess, like, if they didn't really know each other, right, and, like, you saw someone wearing the same makeup as you, you'd be like, oh, what up? What's happening? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, remember when they had to put all that orange paint on you? Well, <laughs> like, but, like, you'd probably just, like, be around, right? Some of the like, No, I don't know, man. Like, you're all on the same fucking set. You're in a big town scene. Everyone's dressed as an ape. They're like, all right, cut. Everybody take five. You're gonna go hang out with the chimps? Like, surely, like, there's a well, gorilla like, next to you. Surely, you just talk like, to them. But, like, in, like, most of the scenes, right, like, you mostly have people of the same species together. Like, there's normally a scene with, like, some gorillas and a scene with, like, the chimpanzee sort of thing. And sometimes you mix... But gen- generally not. And so I wonder if you're, just, like, you're shooting at these people most of the time and you just like don't... I don't know, man. I feel like if, if that was the case, then like they would have not made such a big point out of it. I don't know. It seems... It's like there are big town scenes. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, Roddy McDowell, an experienced actor, recommended to his companions in makeup that they should frequently add ticks, blinks, and assorted facial gestures to add a sense of realism and keep the makeup from appearing mask-like. McDowell reportedly became a merry prankster with the makeup, driving home with his makeup on and shocking some of the other drivers on the freeway. Oh, God. Imagine in 1968, dude. No internet. Like, you haven't heard about this movie. I saw an ape man! Yeah, it's like, there was an ape man on the freeway! You'd be institutional. Oh, my <laughs> God. Who did he play? Cornelius. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the leads. Okay, all the ape actors and extras were required to wear their masks even during breaks and in between shots because it took so much time to take to take them off. <sighs> I mean, that makes this, sense, but it kind of sucks. Because of this, meals were liquefied and drunk through straws. Oh, <laughs> what? Oh, my God. On the set of Planet no. of the Apes, no one's eating solid food. <laughs> Wait, is that for everyone or just for the apes? Apes. Oh, so Charlton Heston's there yeah. talking into a steak. Exactly. And everyone yeah. else is, like, drinking, like, Yet another way. Movies. Yet another way that man is superior. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Charlton Heston was sick during much of the film with the flu. Rather than wait for him to get better, the producers felt that his hoarse voice added something to the character of Taylor. According to Heston's diary, after filming the scene where Taylor and Nova are forcibly separated, he wrote that he was feeling like hell while shooting because of his illness, and felt even worse every time that damn fire hose hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean Heston's like ill with the flu and they're just hosing him down and he's just like it's a madhouse 
Bones. Oh, fuck, that's good. Oh, that's really funny. Turning down the part of Zero was one of Ingrid Bergman's greatest regrets. Much surprised at how well the finished film turned out, she later confided to her daughter, Isabella Rossellini, that in hindsight, the film would have been an ideal opportunity for her to disregard her regal bearing. She also regretted missing the opportunity to work with Charlton Heston. Yeah, fuck. Oh, the see no evil, hear no evil bit that we fucking hated was entirely ad-libbed on the set on the day of shooting. It was kept in because people found it amusing. Ingrid Bergman. This is genius. Producer Arthur P. Jacobs enlisted several journalists to play background apes. This was a clever way of ensuring that they would write about the film. No internet? Trying to get that viral? That viral marketing? Dude, that's genius. At one of the first test screenings, a woman walked up to Charlton Heston and asked him how he was. Heston had no clue who she was until she revealed that she was Kim Hunter, the actress who played Zira. He simply hadn't recognized her as he hadn't seen her outside of her ape makeup. Like, the whole shooting schedule, oh he was ag- up against the fucking ape mask. He'd kiss that lady. Yeah, and he'd never see- he kissed a fucking ape mask. Yeah, close ne- enough, right? Never seen her face. Kim Hunter. Reportedly found the facial ape prosthetics so claustrophobic that she took a Valium each morning while being made up as zero. Oh no. In the original script, the female native humans were all bare-breasted. This idea was quashed by Fox to appease senses. <laughs> oh no. In the scene at the Ape City Natural History Museum, a large claw of a strange animal can be seen prominently displayed several times on a pedestal at the top of the stairs. It is the plaster cast made of the foot of the monster that attacks the spaceship in Forbidden Planet 1956. Is this some weird, like, cross-canon yeah. Planet of the Apes Forbidden Planet shit? You ever seen a Forbidden Planet? No. Oh, it's spooky. Yeah, well, there you go. Oh my god, this is just interesting. John Chambers' outstanding makeup effects pioneered in the film were based on a technique he had used during World War II to give disfigured veterans a normal appearance. Chambers spent many hours watching the apes at the Los Angeles Zoo studying their facial expressions. Several other productions were delayed due to the fact that many of Hollywood's top makeup artists are working on this film. Leftover makeup supplies were later used on Michael Conrad playing an ape-like alien in Lost in Space, Fugitives in Space. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences gave Chambers an honorary award for makeup. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, wow, that's really impressive. During the hunt scene, an unclothed Charlton Heston had to run through the poison oak undergrowth of Fox's no. Century Ranch. Real poison oak with fucking oh, naked Charlton no. Heston! That's awful! Oh. When Franklin J. Schaffner came on board as director, one of his first acts was to reimagine the ape society. In the script he was given, the apes lived in a high-tech world. Schaffner wanted it to be more primitive, in brackets. This also helped to significantly reduce costs. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other one. The heat in the desert scenes at the opening of the film proved so intense that many of the cast and crew fainted, including director Franklin J. Schaffner. They all just passed out oh on set, God. man. See, this film makes so much more sense if it's high tech. If it's a fever like, dream. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, that as well. But, like, fuck it. Like, if this, if this is like a high tech ape world, like, that makes so much more sense. Jackson, if you had to rate this film on its remakeability qualities, on, on on how valuable you thought it was as a property to be remade, what mm. would you give it? Now, hmm, for me, I think this film is uh, relatively remakeable. I think, like, the premise is, like, fascinating. I think 
there are things that you could definitely grab and run away with and make it a bit stronger. Having said that, I, I, I don't think... I think this film worked as a product or something. I'm not sure you're going to want to fuck with it too much. Mm-hmm. But I reckon, like, probably, like, I don't know, more for, like, sort of 50%. So, for me, two out of four dead astronauts. Wow, okay. Yeah, shit. That's that's a really bleak rating. For me, I think this is pretty remakeable. I think, like, it's, it's an important piece of cinema history. I think there's lots of... um. There's lots of elements to it that could, like, make for a good movie. Mm. I certainly hope they actually use them in the uh, prequel trilogy that we're going to see. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be... All the Tim Burton, Mark Wahlberg remake. Don't don't you fucking sleep on that. Spoiler, spoiler. Um, So, I'm going to give this 16 out of 20 minutes of procedural courtroom drama in the middle of an action-packed One can only hope that's where we end up. Help, the human's about to escape. Get your paws off me, you dirty ape! (gasps) He can talk. He can talk, 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 he can talk! I can sing! Still Interested is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Yusid. We are produced by me, Grace Chappell. Editing by Jackson Yusid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance, composed by Edward Green. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Curio Network and at SI Curio Show. We'll see you in a few weeks. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. This play has everything. Oh, I love legitimate theater. I hate every ape I see, from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. No, you'll never make a monkey out of me. Oh my God, I was wrong. It was Earth all along. You finally made a monkey. Yes, you finally made a monkey. Yes, you finally made a monkey out of me. I love you, Dr. Zayas.